Hello and welcome to the ABC Mission Partners Podcast, the official podcast of African Bible Colleges. Thank you for listening. My name is Fanny Kondowe and I'm the staff of Radio ABC here in Malawi. We use this podcast as a tool to keep the prayer partners, donors and friends of ABC informed about how God is at work through all our ministries and also to have discussions about important topics related to global missions. would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and also share it with your friends. Thank you very much. On the previous episode, we heard from business as mission expert Mike Baer discussing what we mean by the term business as mission, or BAM, as it is sometimes called, and also explaining some of the characteristics of a kingdom business. On today's show, we will continue exploring the subject of business as mission by bringing it down to ground level here in Africa as our podcast host, Tim Kay, talks to June Shomitsu and Marcelo Vieira about ABC's own BAM initiative, African Business Institute, ABI. Mr. Shomitsu is the founder and president of ABI and is originally from Tokyo, Japan. He received his MBA from Cambridge University in England and has many years of experience in the international banking industry. June now spends most of his time in Uganda running ABI there. Mr. Vieira is the vice president of ABI and has been a part of the ABI team since almost the very beginning. He has an MBA from Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi. Marcelo and his wife Amanda are from Brazil, but have spent much of the past several years living on ABC's campuses, both in Uganda and in Malawi. They have two children, Sisi and Theo. Now let's get to the conversation. Marcelo and June, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for making time to have this conversation. Really looking forward to it. Thank you. We're excited too. June, why don't you start us off with a little bit of the history of, of ABI and how it came to be? Sure. Yeah. I have to say that probably when I was in my 20s or even early 30s, this is not what I thought I would be doing uh, right now because it's such a completely different field. Um, but God has his miraculous ways uh, that really boggles the mind. I, I went to get my MBA at Cambridge. And initially, that's not where I thought I would be going to get my MBA. But uh, that's where I ended up. And that's where I met O. Palmer Robertson, who was vice chancellor of ABC's Uganda campus, ABU. And we just happened to be going to the same church. Uh, obviously, it was providential. And uh, so after I graduated, uh, I was still in the banking industry. I was in the UK at the time. And one day, uh, he invited me over to his house and he said, hey, would you like to come over and teach business, you know, from a biblical perspective in Uganda for a week? And I'm not sure if he uh, actually thought that I would say yes, but I jumped at the opportunity. And I think that was because deep inside, that was something that had always been something I wanted to do, which is to go into the emerging uh, markets, to the frontier markets, and serve God there. Well, at the time, to be honest, I think I was a little bit iffy uh, with my faith at the time. So it wasn't really, I wanted to go to Africa to serve God. I, I think it was more a feeling of adventure that I wanted. And so I did go and I did teach 
uh, business for a week. But that's where I felt something very powerful, which was that from my banking experience, I knew that the world was pretty much looking at Africa as the next big success story in the making. And so I knew that in my mind. But when I got there, um, I realized, hold on a minute. If the world is coming to Africa and I could feel it while I was there, then this is where the uh, Great Commission can be strategically carried out. This is where if Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to all nations, which is something I can't personally do, even with all the jet fuel that's available these days, I should go somewhere where the world is on its way to. And then I realized, hey, business is a great international language. It's a language that's spoken everywhere in the world, business. Uh, This is a language that I need to use to spread the gospel, to preach the gospel. And so a lot of things just sort of intersected that week when I was there. After that, Paul Chin Chen said, hey, come to Malawi, Uh, do the same thing. And so I did that, I think, six months later. And then that's when uh, I think, uh, Tim, you were there, there with me in Uganda, Yeah, that's right. In God's providence, one of the little things he was doing was he had me there in Uganda. I wasn't working for ABC yet. I was there teaching for a semester. That was just part of one of the little things God was doing to bring this all to pass. Shift gears for a second. We'll come back to pick back up with that story. Marcelo, jump in and talk about how you first got involved. Yeah, so... It's a privilege to be a part of it, and there's a a bit of serendipity in the way it happened. I would say God's serendipity, (laughs) because how likely is that a guy from Japan that's venturing into Africa, you know, will connect to a Brazilian guy that lives in the U.S. and has actually a successful career in music, but has just finished his MBA, which was my case at the time. I I heard about it through Paul Chinchin as well, Dr. Paul Chinchin. ABC's president, because I was living in Jackson, Mississippi, and that's where the headquarters of ABC is. So my church, I, I'm a member of a PCA church in Jackson called Trinity Presbyterian Church, and it's a, it's an old-time supporter as a church, a supporter of ABC. And when Paul came, he was giving an, uh, an update, and he was talking about the different ministries of ABC. I thought it was a very interesting opportunity just to go to him and say, hey, can I extend the conversation, uh, get some insight of what it looks like to be in the ministry, not necessarily as a pastor or a theologian. He told me about ABI right there. So this is me going to pulpit after the, the update and saying, you know, I just finished an MBA. I like to hear what you're doing with ABC. And right away, he said, well, you have to meet Jun Shiomitsu. Jun Shiomitsu is starting a business program within the ABC umbrella. And he needs someone to go to Uganda. And I'm thinking like, okay, like completely out of my radar to go to Uganda. And then he said, in, you know, like in, in December, mind you, this is like September. A week from there, I was in a call with Jun. And we started talking. He explained what ABI was. He actually explained the vision. And I thought it was, it was great. It was what I was looking for in many ways in terms of putting my skills that I just acquired in MBA into ministry. 
Wow, great. That's, that's really great. Thanks uh, for that background. You mentioned explain the vision. So I think that's a good, a good, June, explain the vision to you. So I think it's a good time to shift back now, June, and talk about that vision a little bit. I think that uh, the ABI vision is plain and simple. It is the Great Commission in my mind. You know, when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, or other translations say, go and preach the gospel to all creation. And to be honest, I've been in business all my life or in banking all my life. You know, I was 34 or 35 at the time when when God gave me this vision. So for me, it's always been kind of vague uh, about how... Uh, the Great Commission actually uh, applies to me as a business person. And uh, I think going to Uganda, that's where it all made sense, really. I'm looking at this country where 86% of its population calls calls themselves Christians. And I'm thinking, hmm, how come, you know, the uh, population is very uh, Christian, at least in terms of numbers, but... You know, the politics is not, the business landscape is not, um, the economy is not. And so when Jesus says, go and preach the gospel to all of creation, it hit me that he means all of creation, literally all of creation, not just all people in creation, not just all countries in creation, but uh, all the systems, you know. And so mass media, art, fashion, medicine, uh, all of it, banking, all of it has to be baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is how business people uh, like myself can play not just a side role, but a key role in the redemption of the world. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's great. But then where do I start? But you know, I was in Uganda. My shoes were actually there. Uh, my feet make was on Ugandan dirt. And I was thinking, this is where the world is on its way to. So this is where I should start. This is where I should start creating or doing my role, my part in creating Christian businesses, Christian business networks, where when the world comes over, they can say, wow, okay, so this is what a Christian business looks like. This is what a Christian uh, chamber of commerce looks like. I'm going to take this back to the United States or to Japan or to Europe. And, you know, by doing this in Uganda, with the world coming to Uganda, I thought, you know, strategically, this is how I could not only preach the gospel to all of the uh, business systems in Uganda, but that it would trickle because of the geopolitics of the times uh, to other countries in the world. So that's kind of the macro strategic view. And maybe I don't know, maybe I can hand it off to Marcelo to talk a little bit about what we're doing with the students and what that has uh, to do with the vision. It's good to hear that again, because I was, I was going to say in that first call that we had, the, the core of what I heard from June is still there. It's still like a lot of what you just heard is exactly what I heard from him. And I was very excited to hear that. And I started asking questions. And I remember June saying, like, I, I really like the questions you're asking. I mean, you, it's, I think we felt an alignment, you know, I guess asking the, the right questions. I think God was in the conversation, was guiding, you know, what was going on and created a bond there. 
that not not very much later than that uh, that I felt like okay he's calling us to go to Uganda then uh, it was not as urgent as uh, Paul Chinchin had uh, told me before but within a year would be going to Uganda. Uh, of course, then I had to convince, quote unquote, my wife, <laughs> which I didn't do, but God did for me. And then we were on our way to Uganda uh, then. But, but one thing that's interesting about the questions that I asked on the vision, which is, you know, that, that is the why. And, you know, nowadays we hear like, oh, start, to, start with the why, you know, like... Uh, uh, a lot of like thought leaders saying like you know, the why is really what originates everything. Oh, June has it right there. He's holding up the book. Start with with why with the why. I'm very much on board with that. But I'm I'm a guy who's like a, by all means start with the why, but please please follow up with the how. I'm that kind of guy. So some of the questions I already started asking June was about okay you know. Uh, how does this look like? What's the funding look like? What is the, the structure of the program look like? You know, how, how is this going to work? So it started right there already. And what I figured out, of course, is that he had a team in Japan already working on some of that. But then uh, right there, we, we kind of jumped right into almost daily calls for, for almost a year, over a year just writing curriculum, developing curriculum, discussing how things were going to be. Fast forward to finally going to Uganda and, and putting all that together. That's the, I, I want to say that's when the fun started because, you know, something that was on paper, something we've been talking about for a year, uh, started to, to hit the students. That's, I think, is when the, the history of ABI actually began. Because I think the history of ABI now that we've been almost four years into it is made of the people that started living it, you know, with us. So you think about the students, uh, the staff, uh, some of the students became staff, temporary staff as interns. And that, that was just like amazing to see how what June just said, like the gospel starting to play out as a business course, as a business program to Christian leader. So that, that was very, very interesting. want to real quick, just highlight something that you, you were just talking about. And, and for any team to be successful, you got to have people with different backgrounds, gifts, and abilities who, be, who then work together, but who have a common vision, common passion. June, very much the strategist and visionary, exceptionally gifted there. And, and Marcelo, very much a tactician and a manager who's making things happen on the ground. Um, again, there's, there's cross-pollination going on in those areas. But then the reality comes when you actually get to, to Africa, you've been working with the students, and these ideas begin to come reality. It's so much fun to see that. And, and you guys can tell us some stories about how you've seen that happen specifically. But let me ask this question, and either one of you answer. Um, uh, you know, we've been kind of watching the business's mission world for a while as we've done this. And, you know, Marcel, you and I went to a BAM conference a few years ago. And it seems to me there was a watch that there are some, a few things that really seem to distinguish ABI in good ways from a lot of what goes on in the business's mission world or under that broad category. Speak to what you guys would see as some of the distinctives of ABI when it comes to our, our mission how we see that mission coming to fruition or what our goals are 
as ABI? So I think that's an excellent question, Tim. Thanks for asking that. I think that what our privilege has been is that although our vision and our philosophy is very close to that of BAM, the material that God has given us to work with, which is ideation stage businesses, makes it a total privilege uh, to be involved, a total privilege to roll that vision and that uh, philosophy out. So whereas in most cases, let's say if BAM did a conference, let's say in the uh, United States, the kind of people that it would attract would tend to be people who are in businesses uh, as employees, or they might be people who have uh, started business, but it's kind of, you know, it's already there. It's established, you know, at least a few years, if not 10, 20 years. And so the philosophy is something that has to come in and uh, start changing that and changing how you think, which is great. But in ABI's case, these people have not started businesses yet. They have aspirations to be entrepreneurs. And so when we are able to help instill the business as mission philosophy in these people at this stage, what happens is the businesses start with that philosophy. They start with a philosophy that says, okay, uh, we're not going to just be Christian businesses, you know, because Christian businesses is too vague. Christian business could mean a pretty much secular business that coincidentally has a Christian running it, or it could be a business with a lot of Christians in it and they do devotionals and so forth. They tithe properly and so forth. That could be a Christian business and that's a great Christian business. But we tell them from day one that there is something very specific that we're trying to build here, which is what we call a kingdom business. Businesses that are specifically designed, their DNA is about building God's kingdom in the sector in which they're going to start their business. And so the privilege, as I said, of working with these people at this stage, what we call the ideation stage, is that we get to see these businesses start and struggle their first years, trying to get that first client as a kingdom business, you know, trying to get that first investor as a kingdom business. And those struggles, each one of them is worth a book, I think. Uh, It's really amazing what they're doing. And I, I tend to think that when there is, when the business starts with that philosophy, uh, there's a lot that is different in their human resources, the way they manage their finances, the marketing. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the uh, main things that I would mention here. Marcelo, anything to add? One of the things that I noticed very sharply by being in Uganda and Malawi at this point and also being connected to the business mission uh, network and the differences between what we are doing, ABI is doing, and the business mission, it intersects. The difference, it's pretty much a Jung's saying that we're, we're dealing with people that haven't experienced a, uh, what we call developed economy. So, so they have to start the businesses. You know, those are countries that they haven't, in the case of Malawi, they haven't even been uh, industrialized that you can consider like, hey, this is a solid industrial economy. So the difference here is that what's a kingdom business when you look at these targets that our students, our entrepreneurs, 
and it would be it's it has to be a sound business and it has to be it doesn't have a distinctive in terms of okay oh you you need to pray and do devotionals or necessarily evangelize everybody that comes in in touch with the business it just has to be a good business it has to be a I think if if I'm going to say if it's going to be a tactician, I'll list down some things. It has to create jobs. It has to be about the jobs. It has to be about the people. Uh, it has to be about paying supplier, like uh, contracting and play, paying suppliers in a fair way. And if you can't do that, then you don't do the, you don't do business, you know. And a kingdom business would be also a business that would, you know, like the customer is always right. <laughs> Maybe a kingdom business is not so much like, it's not like the customer is always right, but you have to be adding value at a whole different level uh, in a holistic way. And I think one of the most important distinctives of a kingdom business is it has to create a network. That's when I think that business can actually become a much stronger force than uh, the third sector, like civil society or just like uh, big NGOs and charity organizations or aid agencies, which is you don't have drops of, of service and drops of services and initiatives here and there that would hardly make a big bucket of water uh, to quench the thirst that these countries need. But the kingdom business, that they can be connected in a way that together they can actually be irrigating the economy in a godly way. And that means that they actually execute uh, what God told pe- his people in the Old Testament. It's like, I am the one who makes wealth. I'm a, I am the one who creates wealth. So when you have God behind it, you know, when God builds the if God doesn't build, in vain the builder builds. So a kingdom business having that in mind, I mean, imagine the potential that a group of different businesses has, have in a place in Uganda, as Uganda, for example, where, I mean, it can really change the landscape of how that society develops economically. So, of course, Africa, like the world's going to Africa, like Jim said, that, make, that makes Africa... I wouldn't say like a a blank uh, slate, but it's a much cleaner slate where if you have a intentional missional society community of kingdom businesses, you can actually change a nation. And if you, if you go back in the history of the United States, you, you will see a lot of that. A lot of the ingenuity industriousness of the U S comes from the Christian and I'll, I'll say a reformed Christian vision. Uh, we know that. So so we have the opportunity to do that with the beauty of African culture, which is like that that's a whole new chapter of all of this. But that meshes with that vision, you know, and the way we've been doing the vision with the ABI programs. Yeah, uh, I think that there is a tactical uh, aspect and there's a strategic aspect. The tactical aspect is smaller things that uh, when I say tactical it's not necessarily exclusive to a Christian business, okay? But it is something that a kingdom business should do uh, intentionally for the kingdom. Does that make sense? All right, so it's not, ne- a non-Christian business could do this too. You know, that's what I mean by at that loose tactical 
level. And then there's a strategic, strategic level, which is something that is very distinct about a, a kingdom business. And so at the strategic loose definition of what a kingdom business is, jobs is a very big one, for example, right, that Marcelo touched upon. Um, I always tell the story where it was my first, uh, I think, year in Uganda, and I was driving down the road, and Tebby Road, Tim, you know this road well, it's, it's a nasty, congested road, and a motorcycle driver just slammed into my car. Uh, it was totally his fault. I had the right of way. And so when that happened, four things went through my mind almost instantaneously. The first thing was, oh my gosh, is he okay? And he, he was okay. The second thought was, my goodness, I need to grab him and make him pay for the damage he's caused my car. And then the third thought is, well, there's no way he can pay for the car. He's, he's too poor to do that. And the fourth one, and this is the real clincher, is he knows that. And that's why he drives carelessly. And so, you know, the lack of jobs is something that produces a level of poverty where there's no accountability. Uh, people, uh, you know, there's no accountability for things that you did uh, wrong, uh, that you have uh, destroyed other people's property, that you have not obeyed your promises, or you've not uh, kept your promises. Well, so th- what, what are you going to do about it? And when there isn't a level of uh, wealth in that society, there is no responsibility. And so a kingdom business would intentionally provide jobs in order to redeem that aspect of the broken part of society. And so once again, this is not exclusive to a kingdom business, but it is something that a kingdom business should do intentionally for the kingdom. And perhaps another loose one would be what we call excellence, right? A kingdom business would always try to outperform the competition, not just to become the best creator of value for that business, or that sector, but because you need to be a curse reversing agent uh, for that sector, right? Uh, Adam's curse was not work. He had worked before the fall. His curse was hard work. And so a business that does work excellently, efficiently, and constantly pushes the ante is something that reverses the curse. And so theologically, it is a kingdom-building business. It is a business that helps the world become more Christ-like. And so those, again, are loose definitions, I think, of a kingdom business. But then you go to the very exclusive kingdom business aspects, what I call the strategic business aspects. And that is, for example, uh, one, I think, would be what we call unity. Uh, I think that, unfortunately, I've, I've found that often Christians just can't work together for reasons that they're passionate about. And that's a good thing. They're passionate about it, but that also means that denominational changes and gaps make it impossible for Christians sometimes to work together. Often they would rather work with a non-Christian, you know, and that breaks my heart. And so sometimes you think you can't work together because of, you know, theology and so forth. That's good. Pursue uh, the truth of the Bible by all means, but Business is something that you can do together. And so businesses that are intentional about drawing Christians in the front lines, not in the, the admiral's office, you know, discussing theology, but on the front lines to work together, that, that is a kingdom business. That is a kingdom building business. You build a unity amongst the ranks of Christ's army. And uh, I think that 
the other thing would be strategy. You're strategic about the kingdom being built in your sector. For example, ABI, uh, African Business Institute, we're very strategic about it. We know that in uh, Uganda, for example, uh, you have a lot of large companies that are associated with the government, foreign capital, and then you have a lot of micro uh, companies, you know, mom and pop shops. They're only producing as much as they consume, right? And then there's that missing middle, we call it the economic missing middle, where uh, small to medium-sized businesses don't exist. Now, that's bad for the country, and that's something that we want to help alleviate. But from a kingdom strategy point of view, that's also, when you look at it, that's the sector where in the developed uh, countries, um, more than half of employment and half of GDP is generated. And so as a vision, as a kingdom vision at ABI, we want to create as many kingdom-focused, kingdom-centered, small to medium-sized enterprises to fill that gap, not just to boost the economy and repair it and alleviate poverty. That's great. But the real reason is we are strategically praying for a future in Uganda where over 50% of GDP, over 50% of employment is generated by intentionally kingdom-centered businesses. So that would also be a uh, distinguishing factor of a kingdom business. You're strategic about building God's kingdom in very realistic terms. Marcelo, jump in here again and talk a little bit more about that. You had something in mind a moment ago. Yeah, no, I, a couple of things. I think what June's saying, like on the ground, what we have seen that is a major element of ABI, which even the force with which it came when we started the program was even surprising, at least to me, was that the change of mindset would be the biggest challenge, I think. And you know, we've seen things like, you know, in Malawi, there was a student in our first year there that called June and I. She said, you know, I always thought that the, the top for me, like what, what I always aimed at, which was already different for for a person in her uh, background to even have such a clear goal. But she said was to either work for a big NGO here in the country, maybe a big international development agency and, or even a government job. She said that that was top for me, you know, and she thought like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run a business. I'll run a small business. Sure. You know, it's very common for a Malawian and a lot of Africans just like, okay, I'll have a business on the side to, uh, make amends, you know, make ends meet. But she was like, that is gone. You know, I want to start this business. I want to, and I'm thinking of it like not as a small micro business that I'm going to have. I'm, I want I want this to become something big. I want this to become become something that, you know, employs people. And uh, so so a big change of mindset for a person in her background. And it's then I, I became to realize then, that a lot of people in those countries, they still very much in the sacred secular divide in that sense, thinking like, okay, the big jobs are government jobs, are third sector jobs, and businesses for lower people, businesses for people that will need to struggle to, to you know, pay their bills and send their kids to school. And so, so that's something that I realize, okay, this is a big one for us. This, this is something that it's a mindset change 
that we we see happening. We we would see happening in these three years to some of our students, and it's it's a huge one. And even thinking like, okay, people, even even these guys, which are prone to like going to business, they are still thinking like, okay, what do I have to face you? Is it going to be just like, oh, I'm not going to bribe my way? Okay, so are we already experiencing that? For some businesses, I mean, you would hardly be able to start without considering like paying quote-unquote bribes, whatever you want to call it, you know. Uh, in the orientation of our students, I, I prophesy against the against the better taste of my reformed pastors and friends. I say I'm going to prophesy something here, which is like you are going to have to in the future in your business you're going to have to leave money on the table, leave contracts on the table because you don't want to pay a bribe. And I was actually surprised of how soon it happened with some of the ABI businesses. Um, so there's that mindset change. And also on ABI, talking more on a tactic, tactical point of view, that you were saying, okay, so we're in the front lines. Because I feel that a lot of what the uh, Christian ministries, they do is just to prepare the pastor, prepare the, the theology, you know. But now we're doing, okay, these are people who are going to be in the front lines. They're going to be dealing with non-Christians. They're going to be dealing with people from different backgrounds, and even other Christians, but in a way that it's a, a bit more dynamic because of the because of business. Uh, but I I also think that the ABI student is a very special. It's almost like special forces. So it's actually not even the front lines, but these are the people that are are hovering uh, above the front line and dropping special force ag- agents there, like almost in the middle of the enemy battleground. So I think we're doing that. The other thing I wanted to say is that you mentioned like that even Christian ministries struggle to work among themselves. That, that's that's the, the picture I have when I say, okay, there are drops of water there, there's a puddle there, and they never get together to form a stream of water that's actually cleaning some of this stuff. And there's a, there's a lot to be said here because I re- also realize going back to the sacred secular divide, it is the Christian community uh, in the mission field out there that are actually falling into the trap of the sacred secular divide. You know, there are a lot of disagreements there that, and we have faced that even where, you know, we, we've been considering like a secondary type of mission work, you know, because we're not necessarily training pastors and not necessarily uh, doing evangelization. Although I want to say that I suspect that some of our businesses and some of our stakeholders, students, and, and people who have been through our programs, they have actually opened doors for evangelization uh, in, in a most effective way. And, and you know, no, that's, that's really great. And there's no question, it, this isn't an, an either or we're talking about when it comes to using business as a, as a way of doing ministry or training pastors it's both, right? We want to be sending well-trained, but also committed to Christ, followers of Jesus into every sector, obviously on today's topic, the business sector. So this is this is really great. I'm loving hearing what you guys are saying. And by the way, for those listening, you're getting a taste of what our students get for a year. There's heavy emphasis on, on this 
um, what is kingdom business early on in the curriculum. And then as the year goes on, it gets more down into the, the real details of starting a business. But you're, you're getting a taste here, and it's really exciting. Uh, and, and I think in many ways it is distinct. Um, so, June, jump back in and, um, and keep, us, keep the conversation going. It just reminded me, we recently uh, did a video testimonial of some of our students, and it was very funny how uh, one of the students said, you know, the first day of class, I thought that I was attending some theological seminary or something like that. Uh, and uh, that kind of got me chuckling because I think that's exactly what it sounded like. Uh, we went straight from the Bible in, in as practical a manner as possible at that very, very, you know, beginning ideation stage. You know, it's not about, hey, your balance sheet needs to be like this if you're a Christian business. It's literally what kind of business should you think about starting uh, if these are the talents you have been given and if this vision of evangelizing through business and not just your own business, but uh, uh, those around you, the Christians around you uh, for Jesus Christ. What's that look like? But uh, it's been four years and uh, we've already uh, launched quite a few businesses now. And uh, some of these businesses are doing very well. And obviously everybody struggles in their first few years, but it's very comforting uh, to see that the vision of ABI, the vision of business's mission is very much alive and well. One of the businesses that, you know, it's struggling, but, you know, is burning, uh, the passion is burning there very visibly, is a company called Pearl Trek Adventures. And what they're doing, for example, they have these, you know, big inflatable <laughs> balls that uh, people can climb into and bounce around and you know, it's a lot of good, wholesome fun, but obviously they, they charge for that. But then uh, sometimes they do it in the villages to help the uh, children there build a community because a lot of the children get involved in petty crime. Just they have so much energy. There's not much to do. They're not getting the kind of education they need. And so it's very easy segue into petty theft and so forth. And so they, they, they're trying to uh, counter that through building a community. But what they do is they contact a church in that village and the, a pastor in that village and say, uh, all right, so we're going to do this in your village. Could you be the bridge? And the pastors are usually very happy to do so. And that's their cue. They say, okay, we're going to do it at the church or at least near the church. And the uh, pastor is going to be present. And these children a lot of them are very destitute or they don't have homes when they come, they will, and they will come. They love this stuff, right? It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and when they come and uh, start building a community, the, the pastor uh, of the church is at the very core. And these are just examples of how the vision of the great commission uh, being alive and practically present at the ideation stage. You know, what that can do to a business that, even though it's struggling and small, it can make an impact. Imagine how many boys who are out on the streets uh, they have impacted, uh, who the church has been able to reach out to because of what they're doing. And so we're very uh, privileged and we're very happy to see what God is doing uh, through ABI. Uh, to touch not only these uh, entrepreneurs, but the people that they touch.
That reminds me of um, one of the things I hear you talk a lot about, both of you, when I'm around ABI, and that's transformation. So, um, and that, that kind of goes back, I think, to a lot of what both of you have talked about in terms of the vision, and that is we don't just want to be a Christian business that's, that's, that's profitable so that we can therefore then support ourselves or support our employees. Yes, we want to be that, obviously. But also we want to be a business that's transforming communities, transforming industries, transforming countries. Yeah, Marcelo. What you just said about, okay, so what's a kingdom business? For those that know a little bit about economics, you know, Milton Friedman had this kind of famous quote was like, when people talk, uh, start talking about social responsibility for businesses, he would say like, you know, social responsibility for a business is to be profitable, you know, and that's, some people consider it a bit radical, but I, I think what he means is that if a business is profitable, then that's it. Then he's able to employ more, he's able to sell more, he's able to multiply more his assets and, and, and have a, a greater impact on society and the community. That's very nice. Of course, like, you know, when, when push comes to shove, a lot of different things happen, you know, like it's, it's not as straightforward that a business just being profitable is going to do good in society. So that's when other things come. But I think the thing with the kingdom business for me is like, yeah, it's first of all, it's a, it's a business that has to have strategically uh, a mindset of growth because the only thing that's for free and that's my, my theology, I guess. I think everybody's a theologian, Arcee's Pro would say, right? So my theology is that the only thing that's really for free is the grace of, of God through Jesus Christ. That's the only thing for free, okay? So everything else, I say like, oh, this is for free. It's actually subsidized by some other kind of like wealth-creating uh, device, you know, or mechanism, so in that sense, I think even the gospel is a profit model in the sense of like you have, and I'm not only talking about financial resources, but I'm talking about uh, people, ideas, you know, uh, if you look about how in the first years of the, of the church, how things multiply, multiplied in the sense of just adding people, you know, they were being added, added to the thousands and the hundreds and the thousands in the beginning. You know, so so I think that's what the Christian business is, uh, one that has to have the transformation, and not only in the sense, okay, let's uh, let's create wealth so you can transfer that wealth to the charity work. And I'm I'm not at all saying disclaimer here. I'm not at all saying that that's wrong. I think that's that's something that needs to be done. But we we envision here uh, the ABI business, the kingdom business at. It's like that the, the, the multiply resource. And God will do that for businesses. I mean, you know, those, those are stories that don't make the news, okay? Because the, being predominantly secular, the sometimes news outlets, they, they kind of shy away a little bit to telling the Christian side. But we see that. We know a lot of Christian business people. It's just nitty-gritty doing business, trying to be successful, trying to have to multiply assets. And you see multiplication of bread and, and fish every day in some business. And I, I think in the times that we're living now with the, with the coronavirus and a lot of uh, small, especially small to medium-sized businesses suffering, my prayer for them is that they will see Jesus holding up the baskets of their their cash flow, you know, and 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 
saying like, please multiply that through this time. You know, we need to feed the people. Yeah. Jim, anything to add related there? Yeah, I think Marcelo, you covered it very well. We are operating in Africa, and uh, as you know, there are a lot of uh, subsistence businesses. What we, you know, subsistence farming, which is basically people who are only able to produce enough for themselves to eat tomorrow, and that's it. And they don't leave a mark. Uh, they don't leave improvement or transformation. And so what Marcelo said reminds me of some of the th one thing that we say to our students a lot, which is, unless you are creating kingdom value, unless you're transforming the world for Jesus Christ, unless you're redeeming the world and reversing the curse, unless you're building and growing, you know, in kingdom terms, even if you're making money, if you're not transforming, then you are in kingdom terms, a subsistence business. And uh, that, that's one of the messages that really clicks to, uh, with our students a lot because they see so many subsistence businesses around them. Uh, the, the entire uh, country is just full of them. And so when you say, hey, look, you're making money, but you're actually a subsistence business in kingdom terms, uh, it really hits them and it hits them hard. For them, the balance of things it becomes very clear. Okay, I can't just subsist. I can't just produce as much as I uh, consume, I need to change and improve and transform for Jesus Christ. Now, how does that actually look like? Uh, that's what we teach them throughout the entire year. And it's not easy. Like Marcelo said, there's a lot of challenges because in our program, you know, the people who come in uh, have their own ideas, <laughs> you know? And so uh, it's not like, okay, we are a uh, business incubator or accelerator in the tech area. Well, that's easier. We can tell them, okay, in the tech area, this is what a kingdom business would probably need to do and what it should look like. But these are people who are bringing in, okay, I want to become a, I want to build a call center. Oh, okay. I want to do a food truck. I want to do an extreme sports company. It's just so wide that, you know, sometimes it takes a whole year for not just them, but for us to kind of visualize what that particular idea or company should look like if it wants to be a kingdom business, a transforming business. And so Marcelo and I, uh, or should probably speak for myself, but we're learning a lot as we go. And um, the learning curve is very steep uh, for not just our students, but for us as well. I want to follow up on that. People, people are listening out there. A lot of people that came to us to interested in teaching, they're just business professionals, professionals and professors, or sometimes both out there felt that this is something that they did, a vision that they got excited about that actually they've been thinking about sometimes for years and what they do. And I just want to leave it out there. ABI now, we are planning some things to add to what we're already doing. And it's not, it's not hard to, to figure out with what was happening now with coronavirus and like education. Uh, it's going to be hugely impact by, impacted by that. People talk about the impact that's going to have in business and the economy. The education is going to be highly impacted by this. So we're planning and strategizing some things for ABI. And there will be opportunities for people, I think, that are listening. If you're feeling uh, that this vision is something that's uh, resonating in your heart, uh, by all means, get in touch with us. 
because uh, they're not only teaching opportunities, but are the different kinds of opportunities that I think ABI uh, can, can absorb uh, in mission, in ministering service uh, for you in a very uh, innovative way. And I say, I say that uh, from my heart, not because like, okay, oh, we're doing this really cool thing and I want, we want you to be a part of it. That's not exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, you know, we feel that God is actually uh, doing some amazing things through this, this vision that he put in our hearts. Hey, that's great, guys. Thank you so much, June and Marcella, for taking time to have this conversation today. It's been really informative and really encouraging, uh, and I hope, hope so. I hope our listeners have found it to be so as well. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank, Thank you, Tim, for the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks again for listening today. And to learn more, visit the ABI website at www.africanbusiness.institute. Uh, June, Marcelo, and her whole ABI team would love to have your prayers as they continue this work. And they do also need financial support to make ABI go. Uh, Additionally, we need business professors and practitioners to teach and mentor and coach in our program. What a great opportunity for you to get involved in missions through sharing your business knowledge and experience. We would love to have you come visit us and our students in Africa and teach there. But if that's not possible for you, there are distance learning options as well, using online technology to interact with our students that way. We also need investors for these business startups launching every year. All the information is there at the website or shoot us an email. Finally, ABI has a strong social media presence. So follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay connected in real time. The music on the show today, as always, is by Psalm Project Africa, written, performed, and recorded in Uganda by friends of ABC, including several alumni of our Uganda campus, ABU. You can find their three excellent albums on iTunes and Spotify, so give them a listen. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast. It's available on our webpage, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Give us a rating, leave a comment, or send us a message to podcast at africanbiblecolleges.net. And you can, as always, learn more about the ministries of ABC on the web at www.africanbiblecolleges.com. Until next time, goodbye.